0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. Very good. Hi everybody, how are we? Welcome to church. For those of you who don't know, my name is Daniel Urquhart and uh, I'm um, bringing the message today. And uh, I hope it's a good one. Um, If it's not, well, then um, speak to me at the end and we'll uh, we'll work through it. But look, I'm always always privileged to be able to come here and talk. I think um, that that we live in a really remarkable time, I believe. I believe we live in a remarkable time as the body of Christ. And I believe we live in a remarkable time individually um, as people making up that body. Um, what we're going to talk about today, I believe, is, is, is not so much where do we fit in the body, but how do we fit in the body? How do we fit? Um, how do we uh, come to maturity? How do we receive the things that God has so obviously promised in His Word? Um, so that's what I want to talk about today. And, and the way I want to structure that, if I could, I'm going to ask you some questions. Um, and I want to give you the answer right now. So the answer to the questions that I'm going to ask today is yes. That's the answer. But what I want you to be careful of is that if any time when I ask these questions, and it probably might happen, I know it happened with me when I was working through it. If at any time when I ask a question, you don't feel the answer is yes inside your heart and life, just please take a note of that. Because I believe that God wants to bring breakthrough in that area. You know, the Word of God says that, is, uh, that His Word and His promises are yes and amen. So what happens when we don't know where we fit in something or what God has said doesn't quite line up? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, so when I, well, I'm going to start with a couple of questions and then, and then as we go, we're going to ask some more. But first question I want to ask today is, who wants to be made and feel complete? Yeah? Who wants to be made and feel complete? That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Who knows that people can't do that for us? You know, you hear people say, oh, you know, just, you know, get a husband, get a wife, you know, just be, I feel complete. Just not the way it works. But God can. And who wants to be made and feel complete? Who wants to live in all the fullness of life? Jesus said that he came to give us life and give it to the, give it to us to the full. Who would like that? And who wants to live in the fullness and the power of God? The Bible says that God, that Jesus, through Jesus, we have everything we need for life and godliness. So that's a promise. Who wants to live in the fullness of that power? That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? At the end, we're going to talk about um, about how that can happen. But before we do that, I want to ask you this question. Who is currently living in completion, fullness and power? I wouldn't expect that too many put their hand up. I certainly wouldn't. But it's something that the Bible promises. It's something that the Bible says we can have. And so we're going to work through a couple of things that I believe are things that, um, that stand in our way, if you will. Because God's not a stingy God. He doesn't make promises and then not deliver. So Jesus cried, like we talked about. Jesus died to give us an abundant life and give, it to, give us to the full. And obviously we all fall short of that so we're going to talk about a couple of things as we go now and i'm going to again ask it through questions um and the first question that i've got for you is are you worth it are you worth it all right so are you worth it when the damage is done this year um at christmas time um nat and i went to port macquarie for christmas and um when we we're coming home uh we say so we put fuel uh petrol in a diesel car. So who knows that isn't good. That's not good. God was with us and we drove forty kilometers. So I'm not talking about just wrong fuel, I'm talking about forty kilometres later, the car's missing and carrying on. I'm thinking, what's going on? And anyway, ended up being that. And so uh we got had to get a tow truck back to Port Macquarie and we got the fuel drained out and um, Um, By a miracle of God, it was okay, and we drove home. That very day, we hit a kangaroo. Um, Then, it's that long a list. I better look at my notes. Um, We had a crack windscreen, which has since now been replaced. And then somebody or something smashed my revision mirror, um, the side one. And because the revision mirror was smashed, we couldn't see properly. And so we, I say we, backed into something. (laughs) Backed into something and put a massive big hole in the, in the back of my car. All right. And then um, finally, the other day, we were going up the dam and I was strapping boards onto the roof and you never get up and have a look at your roof and I've got this massive big dent in my roof. All right. That was just to top it all off. And um, so you can imagine how my car looks at the moment and because it looks like that, I haven't washed it or anything like that and I pulled up to a customer's house the other day and he said, mate, what have you done to your car? It looks like a Beirut taxi. and I'm thinking yep it does and there's nothing I could say about it the damage was done that was my car you know and anybody looking from the outside might look at that car and think that I don't care about it but you know what I do I love my car but my car went through a bit of life that's what happens that's what happens when you buy a car and you put it on the road, and that's what happens with us human beings. When you are living on this earth, you are going to get dinted, you are going to get damaged, you are going to get hit. But are you worth it when the damage is done? You know, when I when, with all of that being said, my car now is in the in the shop getting fixed, and it's going to come out and it's going to look brand new. But it's my responsibility to do that. It's my responsibility to look at my car and, and, and think, you know what, I'm not going to cry over spilt milk here. We're just going to get it sorted. And I want to ask you, are you worth it when the damage is done to be repaired? Are you worth it when the damage is done to be restored? Are you worth it when the damage is done to be better than what you used to be even before the accident or before the issue or before the thing that happened? And obviously, yes. Yes, you are. But I actually want to add one other thing in there. But it's your responsibility. Yeah. Nobody else could come alongside me and go, "Okay, Dan, let's get that car and get fixed, eh?" Hey, because you you look like you're you're a homeless man. You know, the thing is, is that God has promised, hasn't He, to restore our lives? That's why he, he came and He He died. He died, obviously, to be able to to heal the brokenhearted. I had a scripture here that I um that I'll i speak to you. It's it's Luke four eighteen. It says this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has set me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to set the oppressed free. Jesus thought we were worth it. Are you worth it when the damage is done? Life happens. Stuff happens. But just because my car's got a couple of dints, I'm not going to give up on it. I'm going to keep at it and get it fixed. And you know what? It's only a car. But are you worth it when the damage is done? We all go through stuff, don't we? You know, stuff happens. So are you worth it when there's been damage done in your lives? One of the hardest things to accept, I think, as humans is that is the value that Christ places on us. When we feel devalued. You know, and I think it's one of the strongholds that um, religion has over people's lives is that, you actually have to come and be able to bring something to God, that that you actually have to come somewhat um, straight, with no dents. You have to actually bring something to the table, a kind of decency to God, that he'll be able to accept you. That's a lie. Who knows that there's nothing that we bring to God other than ourselves, our willingness. It's, It's kind of like this. The Bible says, and you know this scripture, it says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we did nothing to earn that. But what happens sometimes is as we become Christians and, we're, and, we're, and we come to church and we grow in our um, time with God, I won't say maturity, but our time with God, we start to think that we actually start to bring something to the table for God. When really all we ever bring is our willingness Lord God, I'm here and I'm willing. And if I'm not able, Lord God, I pray you'll make me able. There's this scripture and I love it and I'm going to talk about it again later. And it says that he gives us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. And we're going to fall in one or two realms. And it's the willingness to be able to be used by God, no matter what's happened, no matter the damage done, or is an unwillingness. They're the only two categories. God is the one that empowers us. It says that that he gives us everything that we need for life and godliness, no matter what damage has been done in your world, no matter how many dints you've got, no matter how many things that happen. But you've got to present yourself. And you've got to go, God, you know what, I've made a mess of it or somebody's made a mess of it on me. But I'm here and I'm willing. And I'm not going to let a couple of dints make me feel like I'm not worthy of you, Lord God, because to be honest, I'm not worthy of you anyway. But you make me worthy and you think I'm worth it. And Because you think I'm worth it, I'm worth it and I'm here. But what can happen sometimes, either religiously or just unbelief, we step back and we don't feel worthy. And so we don't step in. We don't take the responsibility of going to the healer. He calls himself a healer, the great physician, the lover of our soul. Where else would you go when you've got dents and dings? One thing for sure, if you live on this earth, you are going to get dents and you are going to get dings. Who are you going to run to? If we wait and pull back and wait to be perfect, we're going to be waiting a hell of a long time. we have got to step up and just be willing. Look, God, here I am, dints and all. Father, would you help me? Father, would you help me? Would you help me through? Love is shown most powerful when we need it most, but deserve it least and by the lengths taken to prove it. And Jesus Christ went to great lengths to prove his love for us. You know, if we believe the gospel message, Jesus died for us when we were sinners, when we didn't deserve it in the slightest. I just want to remind us now that we've been believers for quite a while, it's still the same. We don't bring anything in, in that sense, we offer ourselves to God and, and God brings gifts and talents and everything out of us, but he's the one working in us and through us. What we offer is our willingness, dints and all. Very good. Are you worth it in the hard times? Who has been through hard times? Yeah? We've all been through hard times, just like um, just like the car that gets dinted if you're in this... Um, Life long enough, you're going to get dints. You're going to get dings. If you're in this life long long enough, you're going to go through some hard times. So I'm just about to talk about um, uh, a principle, I guess, if you will, or uh, what the Bible calls the enemy of our soul. The Bible talks about there being an enemy. The Bible talks about there being um, an adversary of the body of Christ, of, of his children. Uh, the Bible talks about that being Satan, and so when I mention that, sometimes people can get a little bit funny, and they, you know, think that you know it's fairy tale stuff. But it's in the Bible, black and white. Jesus speaks about it a lot, and what he talks about is that Satan takes every opportunity he can to to undermine us and to undermine who we are in God, and then if we believe him, that undermines our footing. It doesn't mean there's not a good foundation for us to stand on, but we've got to stand on it. We've got to be the one to stand on it. So the enemy uses every opportunity to convince us we have no value. But it's not until we agree with him that he can actually start to steal, kill and destroy. Now the Bible said that Jesus actually said that the devil came to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And why I, why I mention it the way I do is because the enemy actually comes at opportune moments in your life to devalue you, to say the dents are too great, the hardship's too much, give up and quit, it's not worth it. Are you worth it in the hard times? You are worth it in the hard times. And, but just like the dents, you have to present yourself. You have to present yourself. You have to stand on the, on the rock that is Jesus Christ and say, you know what, Lord God, I actually don't know what to do. I'm really stuck. This is a really hard time. Well, I've been copping a flog and I've got that many dints, Lord God, I've got no paint left. But I'm presenting myself because you said, Lord God, that you're for me, not against me, and that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. But the enemy will come and he will lie and he will deceive. And that is the only ammunition he's got against you. But that can only work if you believe it. If you don't believe it, he has no ammunition. That's actually what the word of God is for. It's ammunition against the enemy. It's truth against a lie. That Jesus said, he said, if you're my disciples, you will, um, you'll, you'll, do, you'll do what I say. You'll obey me. And when you obey me, you'll know the truth. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. So it's obedience, then you know it, and then it sets you free. You first got to know it, then you got to obey it, you got to know it, and then you've got to walk in it. So what does a lie do if you believe a lie? If the truth sets you free, what does a lie do? It binds you. It holds you. It restricts you. It will kill you. That's actually how he steals, kills, and destroys. By you believing a lie. Are you worth it in the hard times? You got to be careful in the hard times. You got to be careful. Jesus wants to use every opportunity to show us how much we're worth to Him. But it's not until we agree with Him that we actually get to live the life He has for us. You guys get it, don't you? You understand? Jesus said that He came in truth and light. That He is the truth. He's the truth, the way and the life. But we actually have to step up and go, you know what? I'm not going to, the Bible says, doesn't it? I know I'm using a lot of references to the word, but I mean, you know what? That's all we've got. That's all we have in defense of these things. Because it's actually not us bringing anything. We don't actually come and say, oh, I've got some really good ideas. I think I'm going to help God out. You know what? I think, um, you know, the body of Christ could really do with some wisdom. and I'm going to bring some. Obviously, we know that the longer we're in God and the more mature we are, that we actually do things, bring, bring things to the table. But it's all based off what God says. If it's not based off what God says, it's a lie and it will bring condemnation. It'll bring breakdown. What God wants to do is he wants to work truth in us so that we can have life and have it to the full. And what we offer in that exchange is ourselves. You're the key. In the hard times, you're the key when the damage is done and you are worth it. John 16, says this. I've told you these things so that you might have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. It would be easy to stand up here and say, you know what? When you become a Christian, it's just like the problems of the world just glide past you and it doesn't affect you at all. Wouldn't that be cool to say that? And I don't think the opposite's true either. I actually don't. I I don't think that when you become a Christian, life turns against you like a snarling dog and everything goes south. I don't believe that either. My experience is is that perfect peace have those whose hearts are steadfast on God. I don't know what I'm going to go through, but I want perfect peace through it. But if I'm going to do that, my heart has to be steadfast on God. I have to step up and I have to go, Lord, you know what? I'm going for something I don't understand, but my peace is found in you. Now, I'm not saying that because I've got that nailed by any means, but at least it's a truth. At least I get to choose. And I choose to step up most of the time, sometimes. <laughs> Listen to this scripture, eh? We're going to talk about promises for a second. Jeremiah 29, I just love this. It says, it says this, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And why I love this scripture so much is if you, if you know the background of it, and a lot of you will, this, this promise was actually given to the Israelites while they were in captivity. They'd been taken from their own land and they were in captivity and they were going to be there for another 70 years. Now, they were in captivity because they were so terribly sinful and disobedient and they and they went against everything that God had said. So they're there as a punishment. So in the middle of their exile and in the middle of their punishment, God gives them this promise. How amazing is that? He's way better than us. He knows what we need. For I know the plans for you. Think about the context of the story as I just said it. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope, even though you don't deserve it. I've got my eye on you and I'm going to get you through this. And I love the fact that it says a future and a hope. It's really, really, really important. Because before there's ever a future, there has to be hope. There has to be hope in the middle. We all have something that we're wanting in our lives that we haven't got, that we've been asking for for a long time. And our job is to step up and go, Lord God, I'm hoping in the middle because it hasn't turned up yet. It's when you step back and 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 think that God's let you down, that's when potentially you allow the enemy to come and steal that promise from you. Now, one of the really amazing things about this, this, um, this promise, in this story at least, is because there were actually prophets running around while they were in exile saying, don't settle down, don't marry, don't don't enjoy this place. God's going to get us out of here. And God actually stepped in. He said, no, 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 settle down, get married, get used to it. You're going to be here for a while. You're going to be in exile for a while. There's a bit going on. You've got to sort through some stuff. But this is not your future. And I want to tell you guys that whatever you're going through at the moment, God says, this is not your future. You are worth it in the hard times. And so is he. And if you step up, you make yourself available, he will get you through it. And don't forget, part of truth is obeying what you know, knowing it, and then allowing it to set you free. And not believing a lie in the middle. Just because you haven't got it yet doesn't mean it's not coming. A future and a hope. Are you worth it when you feel devalued? Are you worth it when you feel devalued? One of the clearest examples of this, I guess, is when young children get um, abused, or you know, terrible things that happen as you might be growing up. You, you get what I'm saying, and and whenever a young child is abused for whatever reason, for whatever crazy reason. When they grow up, they feel it's like it's their fault. They feel the guilt and they feel the shame. They feel devalued and it wasn't even their fault. They had nothing to do with it. They just experienced it. And isn't life like that? When we go through things that are hard, we feel devalued. We feel like we're not worth it. It might be a broken marriage. It might be a broken business. It might be a broken relationship. It could be something that somebody said to you when you were that high. And you carry that with you for the rest of your life. Now, God doesn't want you to carry that. You know, that's why he speaks truth over us. That's why he's promised to set the captive free. That's why he wants to bring us. He wants to make the, the blind see. He wants to save us and bring us out of that. But for whatever human reason, we hang on to those negative things. You know, I don't know how many good things were said about me when I was a young fella, but I don't remember many of them. But I remember the bad stuff. I don't know what that is, but we've got to decide to let that go. Because you are worth it when somebody else devalues you. You have great value in, in God's eyes. Jesus gave his life for you. Now, isn't it just like the enemy that when somebody does something to you, he uses that against you and it's not even your fault? Or what about when you do do something wrong? Have you lost value? Are you worth it when you feel like you have no value? There's so many occasions for us to feel like we have no value. But none of them, are going to set you free. It's up to us to go, you know what, Lord? I feel like I've got no value, but you keep on telling me I'm worth something. So, Lord, I'm going to believe you today and I'm going to step into these things. I've got no confidence, Lord God, but I'm going to do it just because you tell me to do it. And I'm going to be brave. You know, that, that awesome scripture where, where God says to Joshua, he says, um, be strong and courageous. Do not be dismayed. Do not allow the things of the enemy and the things of the world to crush you. You've got to be strong and courageous. You've got to stand up. You've got to stand on my word, he was saying to to Joshua. Are you worth it when you feel devalued? Are you worth it when that uncle said this or that thing happened to you or that breakdown? Are you still worth it? You are worth it. You are worth it when you feel devalued because that shouldn't reflect your value. The enemy's always painting a picture of how he sees things and he wants us to see it that way as well. But so is God. Always painting a picture. And his picture will always be hope and it'll always be future and it'll always be blessing. And I'm not talking prosperity gospel here. I'm talking about God's own word. He says that oh, I know the plans that I have for you. Just because you're not in it right now doesn't matter. I've got a better thing for you. I've got a better thing for you. Are you worth it when you feel devalued? I'll leave you this on this this particular question. Nobody can devalue you unless you agree with them. If you agree with them, you you lose value. It's just the way it goes, and that's why it's this is so dependent on our relationship with God. Are you worth it when you fail? We, at our business, in our business, we talk about success a bit and we talk about um, success has not always been on top of things. It's not letting things get on top of you. Are you worth it when you have failed, when it's your fault? You've done the wrong thing. Are you still worth it? Remember that scripture and it says that Jesus died for us when we were still sinners? You know? Do you think that that scripture doesn't relate to us anymore when we've been Christians for 20 years? Do you think we still don't need Jesus' forgiveness? I'm talking to myself here. You know, like, we are worth it when we fail. We are still worth it when we fail. You think about the Israelites, all the times they fail God. And this was before Jesus, and he, and he worked into their world and He gave them a promise for their future, even though they'd done the wrong thing. Are you worth it when you fail? You ever think about where you're failing right now, where you have failed and how you have allowed it to mark your world? From that time on, I was less a person because of this mistake that I made. Even if that's the case in the eyes of others, is it in the eyes of you? Nobody can devalue you unless you agree with them. And the enemy's going to come and he's going to paint a picture of that mistake that you made. And it's made you less of a person. It's made you less in God's eyes and less in people's eyes. Well, it may have made you less in people's eyes, but you are not less in God's eyes. Are you worth it when you fail? If we aren't worth it when we fail, we may as well give up now. Because that's going to happen. I'm going to fix this car and I'm going to get it back next week. But it's going to get dented again. Stuff's going to happen. You know? And that's only a car. How much more precious are you in God's eyes? Now, why this message is so important, guys, is because it's about you, a human, with purpose and potential. And he says and he gives His promises. And look around the landscape of Christianity and tell me how many people's lives are shining bright. And I believe this is partly why. Because it takes us. It's twofold. It's not just God. If it was just God, He'd wave His magic wand and we'd all be great. But we need to step up and we need to believe what He says. And if we do, the Bible says that we partner with Him in a promise and will come to pass. Now we're going to finish on this. And this is the, the original question we talked about. Who wants to live in completion, fullness and power? Listen to this scripture. Ephesians three nineteen says this: May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, and then you'll be made complete in all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Do you know how you're going to live in completion, fullness, and power? You're just going to step up, and you're just going to experience the love of God. And it says, the Bible says right there. If you want to read it, when i when I'm when when this is over. That when you experience the power and the love of God, you will live in completion. You will live in fullness and you will live in power. It doesn't say when you stop getting dense. It doesn't say when you stop making mistakes. It doesn't say when you get your life right. It says when you step up, make yourself available, dense and all, when you feel devalued, when you've made mistakes through the hard times, if you allow yourself and put yourself in a position to experience the love and the forgiveness of God, that scripture says that you will live in fullness, completion and power. Who wants that? Well, it's yours. It's yours for the taking. I'm going to finish now and we're going to pray, but it's yours for the taking. It's yours for the taking because you are worth it. You are worth it in God's eyes. And if you are not worth it in your eyes, you need to go to God and make yourself available to Him and and see what He says to you. Your children are worth it. Your brother's worth it. Your uncle's worth it. Your auntie's worth it. That's actually what we bring to the table. A willingness to go to this world and say, you are worth it. Even though the whole world might say you don't run fast enough, you're not tall enough, you're not rich enough. This world would say all sorts of things to make us feel like we just don't stack up. But God says you are worth it. Warts and all, dints and all, mistakes and all. Lord Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God, for breakthrough and not breakdown. We thank you, Lord God, for just an absolute release, Lord God, of your truth. Pray, Lord God, for a raised bar of expectation, Father God, in our experience and our life with you. We thank you, Lord God, that you have made promises and that you will see them fit to see them come to pass as we make ourselves available to you in Jesus name amen hey again thanks so much for joining us on this podcast whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus there is a next step for you there is always room to grow more to be done destiny to be pursued and people to be reached so what's your next step to find out head over to northwestchurch.com.au and thanks again for listening